hands on here to let me know what's happening. That happened too. Hi, how are you, Justin? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I got my my Ninja Turtle shirt on, so I'm feeling kind of invincible. Very cute. All right, let's do this. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. So, uh, I love that we dance for that every single time and no one can see us do it. Well, the thing is, is that we've always been dancing and people have never seen anything. They're getting to start to see little bits here and there. I mean, we can continue the dance. But what I found most interesting is they probably also heard me like moving my chair around as I was dancing. <laughs> I didn't control my mic. That's still something that I see as your responsibility. Thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks. If you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, we are coming to you live from a platform called HAPS. Um, and if you are not watching this live, feel free to check out Anchor FM so you can send us voice notes and be part of it. But for those of you who are joining us, welcome. And feel free to say hello in those comments and ask questions as we go, because that's fun. Yeah, what's really cool about today, what I'm excited about is the fact that we're actually interviewing the person who introduced me to this platform. And I, again, would like to remind people that I was the first to be introduced to this, and yet I still know nothing about it, and Justin does all of the tech <laughs> <laughs> One second onto it, he's like, got it, got it, moving everything around. I'm like, great. Um, I'm here. <laughs> I introduced you to it. So there's something that I feel like I have a sense of accomplishment over. But yeah. our guest today, Revolution McInnes, who is on this platform already, and I'm excited to ask questions about how to do things that Justin already knows how to do and I don't. Uh, but you'll actually get to hear a little bit about what we're talking about, because HAPS might not trigger any kind of association. You might not understand what we're saying by just saying haps. So I say we bring them on Without in. Without further ado, drum roll. Ta-da. That's our sound effect. Oh, look at me. Look at me, the giant head. That's what haps likes to do with me. It like zooms in for some reason. I don't know why I like Really? Oh, wait a minute. Hold on oh, there we go. Since I, I don't mean, have to be director. I don't have to touch anything. Hang on. And sit back. Here. You're so legit though with not... the microphone. So good for you. Yeah, we thank were you. talking about um, that before you arrived as to whether or not we're like, you know, do do we let him just be director? <laughs> do we just give him the controls? <laughs> we're still so green yeah. to this. And like no pun intended, I like very cool shirt, but you have hey, such Peter. expertise. Oh, I you're like saying being you the guest. Yeah. I like being the guest um, because I can chill. Because yeah, you just get to talk. I, yeah, like it's all on you. Like I just, I just react. You know, you have to do all the work. And um, I mean, so I love hosting. You don't, you don't want us to put the pressure on you to take controls and fiddle around with this episode. No, it's fine. I'll be good with it. You know, I just, I like, I do like being a, being a guest. 
I feel like such a hobo because Kaylee's got her ring light, so she's glowing and looking beautiful. You got the actual microphone set up on camera, so you look intense and professional. And here I am, just like a zombie, pasty little man in a corner who clicks you on and off. First of all, you don't look like a zombie, pasty. Second of all, there are so many people who are just listening to your voice, and you you can paint whatever picture you want them to see you as, baby. Right. I mean, I see a incredibly handsome man with a wonderful smile who, uh, you know, is ready for it. So let's go. Let's go. So on that note, tell us a little bit about yourself, Rev. What do do you do? What is HAPS? How does this all work? What is your life? Oh, how long is this? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, Um, you know what? First of all, before you do get into that, can I just say that, Justin, this is the second time we've been on here and we have not introduced ourseles. (laughs) (laughs) We have not intro. Okay, we know what we're doing. We we've been doing a podcast for I don't know a year or so together, and uh, we did have an intro that was supposed to be at least some semblance of con- consistency for our audience members. Dropped that. Let's at least tell people who we are. My name is Kaylee Legrand, and I'm Justin Vinley. So, and this is we're totally not okay. That's okay. And that's also not even how our podcast intro goes. But I'm never going to write, so it's fine. It wasn't going to go right no matter what. No, absolutely not. But that's kind of the point because we focus on the intersection between mass media culture and mental health. And mental health sectors definitely have space, more space for us to be able to just fuck up more. So there we go. We're we're setting that. We're going to get friends. So now. If you wouldn't mind, Revolution, give us your story. Give us your titles. Well, before I do that, and for the folks that are at home listening and not seeing the picture, this letter K, Kaylee. Move it to your your right. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. There we go. No, you're on the right. Everything's reversed in here. There. Yeah. There we go. So, like, the night I interviewed you... I butchered your name and um, my apologies, but it's Kaylee. Um, and yeah, hi. Okay, so I'm Revolution McKinnis. And what do I do? I'm a consultant um, for a nonprofit that I, my dear friend started about eight years ago. And I just started consulting um, on that and have, have really stuck around. We met when I was homeless, so probably we won't go back past my homelessness unless it maybe is applicable, but hold on a second. Well, you started alluding to that story when I was on your podcast, and... Hey, Google, stop. Oh, Oh, hang on. Hang on. Mute me. Mute me. We're muting you. Okay. And that... (laughs) It's revolution. Nice to see everyone. Okay. Thank you for joining us and goodbye. No, so revolution has a package that's arriving, I believe. And um, that's very in tune with a podcast that is about not being okay or not being organized. But it gives me time to say that you started talking revolution when I was on your show, you started talking about uh, your journey from going from being homeless to where you are now. And I, I love the kinds of conversations that you're having. I love the network that I've already been able to just kind of step into and meet the people surrounding you. They all seem like such beautiful, bright reflections of this beautiful, bright energy that I saw immediately when I started chatting with you and connecting with you. And 
I'm, I am curious by just dropping that bomb on us of, you know, I was at one point <laughs> homeless. I'm curious. I want to know why you found yourself or how you found yourself in that situation and how, what, what that journey looks like to where you are now today and what you do. Well, it usually takes about two hours, but I'll try to do it in a, just a couple of minutes. <laughs> I mean, I tell my story. I used to tell it all the time, you know, in different places or whatever. Um, and I think I, I did it in 10 minutes on stage in New York for like this Twitter conference, like 10 years ago or something. But, um, so the reason I became homeless is because I have a mental illness, uh, called bipolar. Uh, I have ADHD and there were a series of events that precipitated my rapid decline into homelessness, like in failing marriage, um, incredibly intense and disturbing codependent relationship with somebody. Um, and not, not really having a good grasp on reality after she took her life. So, um, I was, uh, I was pretty, I was pretty devastated. Um, though we both knew it would happen eventually, like just that it would. So, um, and I, sorry to abbreviate that so much cause there was a lot there, but it would take a long time just to get through that portion of the story. And, and, and I, I, I want to say that we did have this point in time, I guess when we were kind of halfway between the, the crazy fun and the craziness where we were, I remember where we were. In, I was in my front yard on my cell phone, iPhone three GS. I mean, I can remember everything, you know, what the clouds look like and everything in that moment. And, and she said, you know, she said, you know, I'm going to eventually do this. And I'm like, I know, I mean, it's, you know, you're not fooling around and it is, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to try and stop you, but it is, you know, it feels like whatever. So, um, but she said, just make something good, you know, come out of it. And I'm like, well, we don't, we're not going to, you know, we don't have to worry about that. You know, we'll find a way. And, and she was in this cognitive behavioral therapy program at Northwestern university that, um, was like experimental and with drugs and everything. And, you know, it just, it became what it became. But, um, I certainly have always had her in mind in, uh, any big event or something, you know, where I'm going to make a decision or, you know, it's going to affect my life. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm at that, you know, so I heard somebody say that when you lose someone, there's a big hole, but there'll always be a hole, but hopefully it'll get a little smaller, you know, in time. So, uh, and it has, it has, it has gotten smaller. So, um, but yeah, so had a little bit of a skirmish, not my skirmish, but somebody that cared about me a lot. And you know how, like, I don't know, like in the movies or something when, things aren't going well and you need to 
shoo the thing out into the wild, you know, like go on fly, you know, you don't need us anymore. And so I was living with my parents and, and my baby brother was very frustrated because he saw what I saw after the divorce and then the suicide of the friend and everything, the girlfriend, um, he saw what I saw, which was, I was going nowhere, 50 miles from Chicago, living in the storage bedroom, you know, like there was, you know, boxes and stuff in what was my bedroom and my parents' room. I mean, um, and, and they were, my parents are wonderful. My brother's wonderful, but, um, it was Christmas Eve day. Yeah. Then we had this, wait a minute. It was Christmas day. It was Christmas day. Were we going for Christmas Eve? No. Okay. Well, anyway, things get cloudy over time. Our memories are a little bad, but it's Christmas Eve. It had to be Christmas Eve. And at this incident, he pushed me. The drywall was compromised and I didn't get hurt. He didn't really try to hurt me. And, um, and so my daughter was coming over to go to the New Year's Eve or not New Year's Eve, uh, Christmas Eve with the family and everything. And so I just, I called my ex-wife who's, you know, we're not super close, but you know, we, we get along and I said, you know, you're just going to need to pick me up. I can't be here anymore. And I, you know, I have nowhere else to go. And, and we talked and, and, you know, I came to the conclusion that's probably not going to work, but she said she would pick me up and we'll go do Christmas Eve. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. When the family's there, I'm not going to mention it or anything. That's just not my style. So, um, then the next day it went well, my daughter, you know, we'll know now she's heard me talk about it, but, uh, and you met my daughter on your interview, which was amazing. Oh, and I have to, I really, I have to give you her contact info because she wants to get a hold of you. And I've just been so busy. So and yeah, I'm just trying to make sure. It was like, an absolute delight to connect with. She had a lot of yeah. similar, uh, it, it sounds like where she wants to go after school, as far as what endeavors she wants to pursue. Uh, they're very in line mm -hmm. with the path that I have found myself on and it's, it was really cool to meet that kind of, you know, she has a similar energy to yours. I'm, I'm curious, first of all, I, I don't even know, you know, how old she was when you started going through this or when you found yourself uh -huh. um, at that point of being homeless, but it sounds like, you know, you had this idea of, you had a structure, you had a mental structure of what life looks like for you. And uh, maybe this has something to do with that idea of a void that is created when, when those structures that you saw for yourself were no longer there when they left. And I'm wondering, you know, where you are right now and the things that you have created for yourself, the life that you've created for yourself with the projects that you have with HAPS, um, the interviews that you're doing, the consulting business, which I would love to hear more about as well, as far as what it is that you consult on. I'm wondering, were those even seeds in your mind at that time? How did your life transform so much to where you are now? Were those part of a new structure that you eventually found organically or was that somewhere in the structure that you did have did you have something that you then could hold on to or did you build from scratch from the ground up well i'm going to answer that <laughs> 
but I see my phone flashing and I want to make sure it's not the courier from Postmates. And I <laughs> took my phone and I threw it because like I didn't want to look at it. And now I got to yeah. look at it. So hang on. Hang on. Yeah, go get your phone. That's exactly what I do when I don't want to look at my phone. I whip it against a wall, which is probably why my technology doesn't always agree with me. But now I'm really curious to know what's in the package. He's just coming back. So let's pull. Oh, him no, back. it's just a. Uh... It's just Apple says, get ready. Your delivery will be arriving by 1.30. So we have two-hour Apple delivery here in Chicago. And I need another cable um, for the, the, the new computer I have. And so I didn't even think about it when I ordered it, that they would definitely, because I ordered it and was doing this, would definitely come during this show. So, oh, that's um, and of course, they are. But you exactly, know and that's the point. Of this, right? Yeah, take it how you can get it. I have been very yeah. grateful for my experience with Apple. Um, I think anybody who knows me knows that I am notoriously always at odds with my technology in the most fun way because my entire mm -hmm. computer has, over the past half year, probably been probably spent more time at the Apple Genius Bar than it has. <laughs> well, it should be smart now. It should. Well, you know what it actually is. I have. I don't know why the technology gods have this weird relationship with me where it's like, we won't work for you. But for some reason, you'll always have this incredible team that just fixes your computer for free. It was out of warranty. I got a new logic board. I got a new keyboard and speakers and the outer deck. And then I just brought it back and had a brand new screen put in. I don't know how that happens. Mm. I just tell jokes and Love. people are like, you're fun. Here's a screen. Haley, <laughs> hold on a second. Okay. What's your address? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to oh. send this over to you um and get that fixed for free for me would you <laughs> just get that handled i would appreciate it oh that was a computer if you're listening again on the podcast <laughs> my computer that See, recently rev already knows um, how haps work so there are people who are going to be oh, listening yeah. to this afterwards of just the audio version what's cool is that you know we we have people who are listening right now live and commenting and and putting questions in the chat so you have the opportunity if you want to be part of the show in a sense and to ask questions and interact with our guests like revolution you can actually tune in when we're doing these and we try to give some notice but we're totally not okay we're figuring this out as we go so there are some people who are in here and asking questions and we'll turn to those as well but i would love to turn back to you revolution and hear mm -hmm. about how you know what what that looks like at that time you said that you were quickly going nowhere, five hours out of Chicago. Where were you mentally in that moment as far as the seeds that were being planted that brought you to where you are right now today? Because you have you have such a beautiful energy around you, beautiful networks, your beautiful daughter. How did you get here? Oh, well, it's interesting when you're middle-aged, white male and you're homeless like a lot of people are like you know like how's that even possible you know i mean we know you like you know we didn't know you had any problems but um yeah, they they kind of push you through the system pretty quickly because you will i would kind of generally conform to what they wanted me to do i mean my issues were around mental health not addiction and those kind of things so um the um um, yeah, so I, I had this, um, kind of journey from 
what my previous life was, which has a lot of video and, and, and film and tech and stuff like that from 20 years ago in it. And so this is all in me. This is all kind of innate. But in that 10-year journey, I got married. We have a child. He's seven. Um, we, I helped my friends start their nonprofit. We were both looking for volunteers. At the time, I was actually still homeless then. And we, um, we started to build that nonprofit and it's taken us eight years and we do racial equity, social justice work. It's called become center. So, um, I could type it in here, I guess, or can I, no, I can't unlock the thing. So you guys, so it's become center.org and, uh, you can put it in there if you want. And it's taken eight years of very hard work from everybody there and a little bit of, of my, and we can talk about kind of what I consult about um, and want to consult about really more is um, they worked really hard. They built it to this point where, you know, I'm definitely just a thought leader and a, and a board member and, and, you know, I'm still consulting on stuff, but um, now I have the time to kind of do what I want to do. So there's a lot of that homeless story in between, but a lot of that's just uh, um, process and growing. And um, there's definitely other podcasts. And even on this network, there's um, Anna did recently. She interviewed me. We talked about my homelessness for about an hour, I think. So, um, you know, if anybody's interested, there's more there. But getting to this point where I am now was like, crazy because everything I've ever done in my life fits, you know, like a glove, you know, um, the networking that it, I met you doing to the networking, you know, that I'm continuing to do. And I, I've actually built, I think, a a trainable system for networking, um, that I could teach other people, which I kind of want to do. I mean, I only have my show five nights a week, but I'd like to to kind of feed other people on this network interviews and then maybe get to the point where you can say, you know, hey, I want to interview this kind of person. And I just kind of look through my digital Rolodex, you know, and I'm like, OK, yeah, I, I know somebody. They'd be great. Um, just just to, to be a connector. And it's pretty funny. <laughs> Actually, I got a call from. Uh, an English gentleman. Um, and you know, he was quite posh, you know, and very, oh, yes, you know, kind of thing. And, um, he's like, listen, revolution, uh, I want to, I just, I would like you to meet somebody. And, and he wanted to put me in front of, hmm, I'm not going to say it, so I'll change it. He wanted to be, to put me in front of, um, hmm, um, washed up, corporate people. <laughs> Why would anybody want to talk to washed up corporate people? Rather, maybe people that are actors or, you know, musicians or something like that. Maybe that would be logical, but washed up corporate people that maybe, you know, and I, washed up's a very harsh word. Time has left them by, right? Just things have changed. So, um, you know, he, he, uh, so what he told me was I'm like, a, I just connect people, you know? 
So is that what he was looking for you to, was he bringing you in front of people to run some sort of uh, workshop or it? Oh yeah. He was just, no, he was, he wanted to give me people to interview. So um, for my, for my show, the big, um, the big interview. So, um, and anyway, all that isn't, isn't really necessary other than he said he's a connector. I think he's a connector that might get paid for this and wasn't telling me that. I don't know what the compensation is, but I'm a really good connector. So I really feel like my bigger purpose here is just connecting people uh, to who they need to be connected to. Just like, you know, I've done with you. And this is a very, um, it's a really interesting place it is a slice of humanity and and it's exposed in its rawest middle school form quite often um let me grab a drink here while you're grabbing your drink i'm gonna ask you Uh i just opened up the website to becomecenter.org which is spelled c-e-n-t-e-r not the british way uh so i i yes, put it in right. a comment i deleted it and replaced it we have the link to becomecenter.org on there and from what i understand it being founded out of a quote-unquote passion to create social justice and realize the potential of thriving communities i'm wondering if that had was that something that you found um do you like to be involved with organizations that have to deal with social justice because of, did you feel like you were in an unjust place when you went through the journey of being uh, without a home and having to find your way to where you are now? Is that why you align yourself with that kind of a cause? Or is that even something that you bring into the messaging for the show that you now run? What's interesting, the show's changed a lot when I from when I started on Periscope, and it was definitely, hold on, let me make sure Apple hasn't beeped me. Oh, get ready. Okay, we're close. Um, <laughs> they're so good at being on time, it's crazy. Um, hmm, let's see. Because your show isn't a social justice platform. Oh, yeah, That's right. not what I really understood. Oh, but is right. that something that... So here's started? my mission. Yeah, here's my mission, which evolved out of aligning or kind of aligned it with HAPS. But my personal mission is to crush the patriarchy, to crush capitalism, to crush white supremacy, right? So I'm not an ally. I can't be your ally. I'm the white, cis, male I'm the enemy. Okay. I'm the enemy. I'm the person that has fucked all this shit up for generations. All right. I'm the enemy, but you can make peace with the enemy enemy. And then you can become, you can't make peace. No, you can't make peace, but you can have a, a truce maybe or something, but, but you become not an ally, but you become a co conspirator. So a co-conspirator attacks the patriarchy. It attacks capitalism. It attacks white supremacy and tries to tear it down and says, I'm here. I'm listening. If there's anything, you know, I can do, then 
um, I'm right there for. Now, it's a delicate balance because the work we do at Become is, um, it's racial equity. It's, it's part of a movement. It's a new uh, field within a currently existing kind of field within psychology and different things. And it would take a lot of time to explain, but um, somebody told me that in the last year, they're like, you know, you can't. Oh, wow. Hold on a second. Marianne. Oh my gosh. Hold on. This is so cool. Oh, I can't touch the thing. <laughs> oh, um, you're so not a director. Marianne, you know I don't know. It. I don't know how to, I don't know how to say your last name, but I am so stoked to see you here. Cause I'm ex so excited that we're going to get a chance to interview you. You actually, you should be interviewing her not me. She's really cool. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah, she, I would she, definitely love to. Yeah. Let's let's keep uh, some conversation <laughs> happening in this chat box here. I, but Rev, I, I'm very fascinated by something that you just posited because mm -hmm. it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're using very strong language about almost embodying and identi identifying with that uh, white cis male, the patriarchy, calling yourself the, the enemy mm -hmm. in a sense. I'm curious what this feels like for you to identify with that which you want to fight against. And if you're doing this as oh, almost yeah. a sense of sacrificing yourself for that angry energy to be directed towards, how does that feel for you as a content creator and walking into the conversations <laughs> oh, that you go. hold by setting yourself up that way. Right. How does that make you feel? Oh, like shit. Like, but are you doing it? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you do it then? Cause it needs to get fucking done. Like nobody else is doing it. You know what I mean? Like people are trying and here's the problem. Here's the problem. You cannot use white privilege to fight white privilege. It's it's a complicated thing, and guess who's here? <laughs> I'll be right back. Apple just beeped me, so I'll be right back. <laughs> Perfect. While while he's grabbing his package, I think this is fascinating. That uh, that's a solid point that you cannot fight white privilege with white privilege, and we're having a conversation as three white people right now, and definitely not territory that I think is ours to like, this isn't, we don't need more space to talk about what white privilege means from white privileged mouths. Uh, now I think everybody has their own understanding of what it means to be privileged. And again, I can't speak for even revolution who comes from a certain circumstance that I've never been in. I've never, I've never, I've, joked about that I have felt like a gypsy or a nomad and I've traveled from home to home, but I have never been wanting. I've never felt sincerely afraid that I wouldn't have somewhere to go. I was born into an incredibly loving and supportive family, absolutely has its own challenges, but I think it's cool that now we're all on this app <laughs> Revolution has technology beeping at him to go pick up his other technology that's being sent via a tertiary technology. What about you, Justin? You've always had a roof over your head. I have always had a roof over my head. And 
I think I've been aware of that privilege. Um, I, I've lived a very comfortable life all in all. And I know that there are a lot of people that don't have that same opportunity. And I just think it's important to create the space for those people and make those stories heard. And I think that's what Revolution's trying to do with his platform. He's trying to give voice through him to some people that may not get that opportunity. Yeah, I, I think that we sort of, I don't know if you want to bring this into today's conversation, but we, before we hopped on here, we're talking about where you want to live and having those <laughs> options. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to force you into talking about those moves, but. Um, it's fine. I always wanted to live in BC and I may have the opportunity to do that, but we'll see. It's a long, sticky situation. Yeah, but what's cool is that what we want to do, I mean, as far as running this podcast even and being able to create content and create art, there was a time where I thought it to be more challenging because we weren't physically in the room together. And we also were talking about, you know, we should be in the room together. And yeah, I miss that. I absolutely miss being able to interview people in the flesh. I miss being able to audition in the flesh. It's a completely different energy that we're experiencing. Uh, that said, we have such we have less barriers to be able to enter into the game of content creation. You could move to, I don't know if you want to even mention where you're planning on maybe moving to, but you could move to anywhere in the world and we would still now be able to do what we're creating because of these other new platforms that are popping up. They absolutely have their their opportunities and their drawbacks as well. Revolution is back with us. Revolution, I want to know about the kinds of opportunities that you have found being able to use this sort of platform working in a virtual world and what kind of constraints you have experienced with it as well or challenges along the way. Yeah, well, what's really interesting is, I mean, it's a very good question. Thank you. The You said something about... Um, yeah, my, this is what happens when I'm thinking about my homelessness. About a thousand things fly into my brain. And so, but you said something a couple of moments ago about, or it was good, and I wanted to bring the point. I'll, it'll circle back. All you have to do is tell yourself, it'll come back to me. And it does. It's like, it's just a fun little brain trick. So give me like, yeah, give me the three second question, synopsis of the question real quick. Yeah, so I we were talking yeah. about how there are no more barriers really to entry for content creation because we have apps like this, platforms like this. And I wanted right. to know for you right. what opportunities you saw with that as well as challenges and drawbacks. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, there's so much, so many horrible things that have happened since Corona. You kind of have to make sure you, you dig around and look for the stuff that's good. And what's happening right here is really something that because of zoom meetings and a lot of other things, we're in a, we're in a different place. I think we're more accepting of this. We've, we've given up the idea of, of being together. Oh, that's what it was. You were talking about missing being together. And whenever I, and thinking about uh, that interview, I'm sitting in a chair and the guest is sitting in another chair. We're in a studio. Views, you know, years ago on like public access, like, but we're in a studio and everything. And then I 
turn on the thing and I'm like, oh, wow. No, we're not there, you know, but I, that's the way I feel. So hopefully that's the way it, you know, it comes across. But it's just, no, I mean, it's not even possible to conceptualize that the people I've met um, through the Clubhouse app where I've met you. I mean, I used to work for a sound company. I was a sound engineer. I've met dozens and dozens of rock stars, you know, and some of them I got to spend a little time with. But um, I would not have met three people that I've met on clubhouse, you know, I, I would, I've met you. We would have, I would have gone to Toronto for the jazz fest and I tripped over you and I'm like, broke your phone. So we have to have a reason to talk. And then we're start talking and we're like, Oh, I like you. You're cool. You know, let's hang out. Like, well, I'm only in Toronto, whatever. Like it wasn't going to happen. Like we weren't going to meet. Oh, you, fake, are, you know, I don't know. Rev, you are hitting on such a soft spot for me because First of all, I love that you're painting another potential picture of how we could have met because I love <laughs> and I miss the meet cute. And for those who maybe don't mm -hmm. uh, have that writer's background of what a meet cute is, uh, that moment in which, particularly in rom-coms, when the two mm -hmm. protagonists actually bump into each other, how they actually start to fall for one another or right. you know, find whatever... Well, they they usually up against literally fall for one another. What's that? I will say. They usually literally fall for one another. Right. Yes. <laughs> no. And I will say that in real life, bumping into women you're attracted to, it never works. Not once. <laughs> like, it doesn't work. You know, like, whoa, she's cute. I got to go. I got to run in right smack right in front of her and we'll have this magic moment and we'll be in love. And yeah, I wouldn't attempt that at home folks, but, um, <laughs> but that's also think, what's kind of cool. And, uh, like, I don't know, I guess it's a bittersweet feeling, but that exquisite mm -hmm. anxiety, I don't want to romanticize anxiety, but those feelings mm -hmm. of, you know, not knowing and the excitement that does live oh, in yeah. that space of uncertainty. I think that that is a beautiful thing to acknowledge because uncertainty, which we've all experienced over the past year, we've, I think, been experiencing it in a very different way. And to be able to find those moments where you can actually cherish it and be excited about the unknown, about being able to paint a picture for yourself, whether it's a meet cute that you could have had or whether it's mm -hmm. a future life that you are structuring from the ground up. That's a kind of mentality that I think is necessary for being able to seize those moments of opportunity. Just like you, you have, I think, being a networker and the way that you conduct your interviews and the way that you reach out to people you have a natural ability to connect and it is kind of this organic flow that mm -hmm. people just fit into. It was very comfortable being on your show. Is that one of the, the, I guess, benefits you see from having your own show on HAPS? Well, you know, I've learned a lot in the last four weeks, um, like, you know, a lifetime of stuff and, from, um, uh, sorry, I, I'll get emotional on all this stuff. The um, oh, you're uh, allowed to get emotional here. <laughs> yeah, from from Pablo and Peter, Mark Goldman, the CEO who you've met, um, 
David Newman, uh, another co-founder, um, and like dozens of people like Bobby Bicker and, and all these folks here that I've learned so much from. And um, there's, there's some magic in, in the way that, that we met because you're probably, see, Heather Chrysler, the actress in Chicago, I already had a connection with her. And every other connection was through, through Kim Carolina. So you might have been my actual first clubhouse networking, you know, interview. And so I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue to do this, but I hope so. But what I've seen in, in everybody that I've networked from on clubhouse was somebody that is really talented and like people need to know it. You know what I mean? And I mean, you know, people do know who you are, but I mean like tens of thousands of people need to know who you are to me. And so, um, that's why I picked you. Right. I mean, out of the group of people, I mean, this is a person who's really talented, who, um, I think is, you know, probably going to be amazing. And I reached out and then I'm like, Oh, but will they even, you know, was she even like, was she even respond? So then you responded and I'm like, Oh my God, Holy cow. Like, you know, <laughs> talk to me you know and like, cuz i'm like i'm like a nobody's nobody at this point you know and and my show wasn't that well done yet or anything so i was just terrified people would actually look at my show before they decided to come on now you're welcome to it's much better but anyway there's a very in <laughs> there on my side um and you were the first really good interview you're actually i mean every interview after yours has built up in some way but i mean your interview will always be my favorite in a lot of ways because it was the first really good interview that was, you know, ever done, you know, by me. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's Go ahead, Gail. <laughs> uh, thank you. I'm so, I, I just wanted to obviously, first of all, say those are very kind words of you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on your show as well. Uh, you said something that just had another question pop into my head. Um, you said that I was the first person you had reached, or I guess the first actress that you had reached out to, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you had this sense of a first of, do I reach out and how is this going to go? And is she going to respond? And so there's this, the unknown, there's that space of the unknown and whatever anxiety that we might bring to, you know, being able to push past any fears that we have to just throw jello against the wall and see what happens and allowing the good experience to come back to you. We had a really fun interview. I, I love that I've also now been introduced to a community that is um, similar to Clubhouse. And for those who have never heard of Clubhouse, I know that it's still in its beta form. It's um, uh, another social networking app that is audio only. And I guess the way that we met, Rev, you heard me speaking in a room, either on a panel or just having joined a conversation that piqued my interest. The question that ended up peeking in my mind, listening to you just right now, was coming from a personal experience with that app um, and other social media apps where I very quickly you know, as excited I, as I was to be a part of communities and meeting people and getting into rooms that I never would have gotten into would it, were it not for that app. I also, on the flip side, started receiving a lot of messages from a lot of people um, that I had never met. Like you sent a message to me, but then also 
messages that weren't necessarily of just a, a kind nature, but I felt a little bit more inundated. And so I'm wondering, mm. first off, if you felt a similar experience as far as almost a, like for me, I felt a sense of obligation to not only respond to everybody and that I have to be on mm. top of everything and that people want me to be on their panels now and I need to schedule that in. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was being pulled in different directions and I had to turn my notifications off for social mm -hmm. media. I needed to give myself my own downtime. I'm wondering if you have felt similar pressures and how you've oh, been yeah. handling those, how you create your own mental space. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, um, this is like, <laughs> so when I was doing my, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. This could be ageism or something. I don't know. I have to be careful. But when I was doing my show on Periscope, the only people that would slide in my DMs <laughs> were like, you know, let's just say they were older, significantly older. You know what I mean? And it's great. I've made great friends. But like, you know, it was like I was not, you know, like any kind of popular person. Right. Not very many people watched me. And since I've been on HAPS and I've been networking, like people are now coming to me you know, to ask if they can be on the show and, and that kind of stuff. And I get people that like slide into my DMs like on 100. They're like, well, hello. And I'm like, what? Like, no, no, don't do that. Like, who am I? I'm nobody. Go higher up the ladder. You know what I mean? Don't introduce yourself to me in some, you know, you know, way that you want to know me or whatever. So I just say that because it's just hilarious because four weeks ago, Nobody on the planet knew who I was. And now every day, more people know who I am. So it's really fun, but it's a little, little creepy, um, you know, <laughs> just a little. And probably like 1% as creepy as it is for you. So that doesn't make me happy. But, you know, it comes with the territory, right? Um, if we're going to be out there, um, you got to be able to deal with it. If, and I'm it's not justifying what they're doing, but I mean, yeah, you turn your DMs off and it sucks. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me and I want to get a hold of you, um, I give you my best path, you know, to get a hold of me. And, and if it works, it works. But if you try to reach out to me on Twitter, I promise I will eventually see your message, but I've got a lot of messages in front of you from people that are trying to sell me stuff and, you know, yeah. all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. All of this, um, it's because of COVID and everything, I don't think this would have happened this way. And I have to tell you, I told people last week, I think that it, or the week before, no, it was the week. So it's the week where your interview starts. Okay. On that Wednesday. And it kind of carries over for about two weeks because each interview builds and builds and builds has its own really good stuff. And then I'm like, yeah, I just had the best week of my life ever, except for the birth of my children ever and i'm like four years old you know and because of this app because of you know peter pablo mark david drew who's co-founder on here and and brett and steve and everybody that's at haps and all the people that are on haps as broadcasters and all the people that are firing shots at me because they you know have one perception of me of of being one thing and then somebody else has the total opposite perfect, you know, because when you're out there, um, you just have to be careful. And I'm just getting used to maneuvering around. Um, 
like language, like they, them, like it's they, them all the time. And I don't do it all the time, you know, but, um, the other thing I said this yesterday, well, anyway, yeah. So, but it's fun. It's fun. You know, and I look, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to hurt people's feelings and I'm going to try and apologize and I'm going to try and do better next time. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to try and apologize. I'm going to apologize, but I mean, you know, I already fucked up. Apology is really not worth that much. Right. I mean, you got to be able to accept inside you. And I'm not telling you to, but if somebody does something to me, I got to be able to, you know, work that out for myself. And if I've done something to somebody, obviously I'm going to apologize, but I got to admit that I fucked up and I'm going to keep fucking up until I get better. But, um, and that's okay. That's what the podcast is all about. We're totally not okay, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of running out of time. So before we go, we like to play two (laughs) things and a lie. Oh, yeah. What are we doing? We're playing two things and a lie. So you have some truths and a lie prepared for us and our listeners. Do you want to share them or do you want me to read them? You read them because I don't know where I put them and I did them at three in the morning and I was exhausted. So I hope there's a lie in there or a truth, but literally <laughs> what I did. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if you remember which one was actually a lie. Exactly. Oh, shit. Okay, no, I will. Or go ahead. All three of them were a dream. Go ahead, Justin. Read all them. All right, here we go. So okay. Rev held the city record in the high jump category when he was in school. He broke a bicycle 450. Oh, 4,500 miles. I rode. I rode. rode. Yeah, I can't read. It's fine. I was definitely the wrong person to pick for this job. So here we go. Uh, (laughs) I rode your bicycle over 4,500 miles in four months over the summer. And the last one is you spoke live before an online audience of close to 500,000 people. So which one is the, the lie? Do, I'm wondering if anybody in the audience, maybe yeah, those who also know you, because I think there are a couple of people who are uh, commenting in here who I think probably came over from your audience because they seem to know you and they're yeah. talking very highly about you and the HAPS team. While people are guessing, I'm just going to read this out loud. The HAPS team, like Pablo, Peter, Bobby, are such great people. They're so helpful and kind. I admire them. That's from Des S. That's fantastic. She's also asking if we can repeat the question. Absolutely. All right. Okay, so number one, city record in high jump. Number two, 4,500 miles in four months on a bicycle over the summer. And number three is speaking before a live audience of close to 500,000 people. And Des is also mentioning that she uh, she's 67 years old, a mountain biker, and will start broadcasting some rides in the eight-mile trails in Lawrence, Kansas. That's very cool. So I'm wondering if maybe you're already on board with the, the truth or lie about riding his bicycle 400 and, well, 4,500 miles in four months over the summer. Oh, she says number three, though, that you spoke before a live audience mm. of 425,000 people. I, 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 you know what? Maybe because you've been talking about that anxiety of reaching out to people or speaking in front of people and the kinds of audience, audiences that you're getting now. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you have already hit an audience of 425,000, but I think I'm on board with Des's guess. Mine is going to be number three as well. Justin, what's your guess? Yeah, I'll jump in on that. We'll all go <laughs> number three. You're all going with number three? Yeah. What's the truth? Okay. So they're all true, but... Um, <laughs> 
This is always fun. You mess with a number. So there's two numbers, 4,500, 425,000. So, um, yeah, you're wrong. Um, I did speak before 425,000 people in a live online audience and several thousand in the theater at the time about 10 years ago. Um, and I actually, because I have this tattoo that's like the anarchy, a, I can't move my arm the right way. And it says art. And because I kind of wore a black t-shirt and camouflage pants and had a kind of a look. And after that event for months, I would be like walking in Chicago and somebody be like, revolution. I'm like, what? You know, like revolution man, over here, man. It's like some guy from New Jersey or something, you know? And he's like, I saw you on YouTube, man. That was such a great story. You know what I mean? And this is my family and everything. It was just the most touching stuff. It was amazing. And um, yeah, I rode my bike 2,200 miles in four months. Uh, People are getting yeah. sneaky every time we put these out. Oh, somebody else is guessing the high jump. <laughs> oh, I hold that record. Well, it's been shattered, but I did hold it for a while. Yeah. And Des is also changing her answer to number two now that we've heard that that is the right answer. I'm on board with you, Des. I'm also changing my answer to number two. I like being able to have my own prerogative and choose when I answer after I know the answers. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. That is very cool. I like the fact that you have such experience speaking in front of crowds and that moving on to this platform, you still experience something that I can resonate with that I found super strange as an actress, having felt super comfortable in the audition room, the physical audition room, and then moving into a virtual room. I couldn't understand why I was so nervous and why my heart rate would be up and why my fingers and toes, my extremities would be cold. I recognized those signs of anxiety uh, and I'm learning now why those are happening for me and how to deal with that moving into this virtual world. So I think it's really cool that having met you and, and meeting somebody who has similar background and experience speaking to large audiences and feeling comfortable with it, or at least having that, that, experience under your belt that you still mm -hmm. go through the same emotional turmoil as me. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, look, the only people I get nervous to the, to interview are the people I really like. I mean, you know, I almost always like who I'm going to interview or that's not going to work, but the ones like where the pre-interview was great or, you know, the, the, inter the communication or whatever, but, and, and the people I like, and then the people I admire, I mean, the people I admire, and I've already done that, like a podcast host that I've known for years, who's super successful. And just through haps, I now do a clubhouse show with him once a week and some other co-hosts, which blows my mind. Um, but like, I was nervous when I was interviewing him, like really nervous. Cause it's like, you know, this is like a hero kind of person, you know what I mean? So yeah, but, um, nervousness is good. It keeps you on your toes and, um, yeah. I appreciate I love this. That. I know we're getting close. That yeah. actually, that's a perfect segue into our one cool thing because that mentality of, um, I, I, I guess, when you say that you get nervous to speak with people that you do admire, that you do like, for me, that resonates with something that I was speaking not too long ago with Justin about the fact that when I get nervous, it 
it's a signal to me that I actually care. And that is such a beautiful thing to recognize because it also helps me find a little bit more of a center when I go to do that work, whatever it is. Um, and, and also realizing that it's because you care, I think helps, helps you put yourself back into that place of, of speaking from the heart or creating from the heart or whatever it is that you are approaching, that you're doing it from that place that, that feels like it's passion fueled almost. And so my one cool thing, I'll let you state your own, even though you've shared it with us virtually in advance. My one cool thing, which Justin was already laughing at me before we hopped on to here is because whatever it, I'll be vulnerable and share how much of a weirdo I am. Um, I have been saying thank you to myself out loud a lot, but like just at the, which, which is great. Not a weird thing. I think everybody should do that. Thank <laughs> ourselves a little bit more. I, but like the count, I should start some sort of count for myself. The number of times I say thank you to myself per day, it just keeps going up and up and up. And it's always in those moments where um, I guess I'm doing that flip of the switch of the brain and moving into more of an appreciation rather than a fear. Cause I'll like catch myself dancing unwittingly. I, like, I'll just be listening to music and I'll catch myself dancing really awkwardly in the mirror. And I guess maybe in the past I would stop, I would notice, or I'd be out. I also dance in the middle of the streets and, and I have had some people laughing at me from their balconies. They're <laughs> just kind of like, what's this weirdo doing? But that that sense of freedom, that free spirit energy that allows you to just dance like no one's watching, quite literally. Um, when I catch myself now in those moments and I hear somebody laughing at me from their balcony or I see myself in the mirror doing a weird little jig, I have now started practicing an automatic response or I guess training myself into having an automatic response of saying thank you and um, you know what? Honestly, you're welcome, girl, because you're pretty all right. <laughs> okay, wait. No, ho, ho. thank you's fine. Starting to welcome yourself. Ooh, like, yeah, that's like, oh, no, it's cool. I love it. And I'm going to start thanking myself. Like, good interview, Revolution. Thank you, dude. You just helped yourself there. Good job. Good job. I think everyone should. But what's your actual one cool thing? Because you shared uh, something different with us. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've already been doing it for an hour. Haps, you know, like, look, if you don't know what Haps is, if you're watching this on a podcast and you have any passion for anything and you want people to know about it, you can do it here. Uh, Hannibal Lecter, you know, stay away. But I mean, otherwise, you know, any any passion for most things uh, come here, have fun, find me, um, find anybody else. We'll be happy to help you. And yeah, uh, you, I told you all about HAPS already. So yeah, but HAPS is my one cool thing for sure. Guys, my one cool thing is that I'm getting a puppy. <gasps> what? You didn't Ooh. tell me this. I'm getting a puppy and I get it right at Easter. So stay tuned for photos and videos because we'll obviously make that happen. But I'm so excited. So that's my cool thing. Everybody get puppies. There's awesome. nothing else to do in a pandemic. So yeah. I'm so excited for you. I'm also excited for us that we get to see it, that we get to share it. And you know what? Normally we don't have entire episodes that serve as a plug for one thing, but I think it is very warranted in this, in this first of all, in this climate. And second of all, the fact that we moved over onto HAPS and that you introduced us to it, very grateful for that. 
I would love for people to check it out and give us their feedback as to how they see. I mean, I think it's also still in beta phase if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So I think feedback is also a really great thing. I also think it's a great thing that we can see your puppy when you get it. Justin, people will be able to tune in and see that. What kind of puppy can you tell? He's a wheat and terrier poodle mix. He's going to be really cute, guys. Stay tuned. Photos coming soon. Oh, awesome. that's amazing. Des is very excited as well. Okay, cool. So you're going to have to share your puppy with the world, maybe make it its own Instagram page. Dad, I'm not doing that. I refuse to manage my own Instagram page, so <laughs> I am not making my dog an Instagram. My, Instagram my dog gets a podcast, not an Instagram. Thank you very much. Third co-host mm. coming in live. <laughs> very fair you know what it's a new day and age and we were mentioning how much energy it takes to pay attention to your socials so as far as those go if you do want to reach out um i know that you can also leave a voice message on anchor but justin will also be the one that explains exactly where to go for that yeah so if you want to find me you can't because i'm not on social media so you can check me out on haps or try to hit me up through the we're totally not okay socials which is at wt underscore okay um and if you want to if you're listening to this not live and you want to ask questions and be part of the conversation feel free to hop over to anchor.fm slash wtn okay um and you can actually send us little voice notes that we can follow up with people on so check that out have some fun doing that. And yeah, where can we find you, Rev? And where can we find you, Kales? Oh, well, I think I have connected socials on here. I don't know, Kales Legee, I'm pretty sure, or my full name. I never pay attention. I'm great at promoting myself. I think Rev is so much better. Rev, tell us where people can find you and your show if they would like to connect. On um, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, if anybody uses that anymore. Um, I am Rev Mac Live. Um, we will be revmac.live um, when I get the time to do a website. But if you want to get a hold of me by email right now, you can you can send an email to revolution at revmaclive.com because I grabbed every version of revmaclive to figure it out. But mm -hmm. the first one I set up was revmaclive.com. You can definitely uh, hit me up there. Revmaclive on all the other platforms mainly so yeah awesome well thank you so much for stopping by rev oh thank you this was awesome like really awesome so i appreciate it i'm honored to be your second guest on your uh, haps uh, journey of your podcast so i really i think it's cool thank you well, we appreciate having you and i appreciate again you introducing me to the team here and to this super cool tool as we figure it out as it is also evolving you can check out our show, show notes uh, if you're listening to this afterwards in podcast form and audio form only. We will have all of the links to be able to reach Rev and to be able to follow his show and the content that he's putting out. I'm sure we'll put ours as well. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but thank you. The chats keep going forever. So if you want to, you know, hit me up, it'll let me know that you, you sent a message. So the chat's always live. So there you go. That is something that I have just learned. That is amazing. I figured you didn't uh, know. Yeah. Also just happening right now. Another message just came in saying, do you speak French, Kaylee? Ça fait à peu près six ou sept ans depuis que je parle français. J'ai besoin de pratique. Mais yes, I speak a bit of French and I'm brushing back up on it. Oh, c'est ma deuxième langue. Ah, oh no. I think we're going to have to do a full episode in French and that's going to be interesting. That's a lot. <laughs> 
Well, maybe that'll come in the future. You'll have to tune back in. Thank you, Rev. Thank you to everybody who has been tuning in live. Thank you to those in the future who are sending in their questions. We'll see you guys next time. If you like this podcast, you can support it by subscribing to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also leave us a rating or review, which sincerely helps us and we absolutely love. Come hang out with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and send us your questions, recommendations, and cool things at we're totally not okay at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to We're Totally Not Okay, but that's okay. <laughs>